0: Press Control to Crouch. The Crouch Peak Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a pre-Thanksgiving edition of the Crouch Peak Podcast. As always, a part of the Rush B Media Network. I am your host, Lucas. If you'd like to connect with me on Twitter, you can find me at Lucas at RBM. And for the ninth episode of the Crouch Peak Podcast, I would like to take a look at Avangar's previous three months. We're going to cut off right before the Berlin Major. So after they qualified um, through the first stage, and uh, it will. We'll, we're just going to look at the three-month window from the 28th of August up until right now uh, before Avangar begins their venture at ECS Season 8 Finals. And I kind of just want to take a look at this three-month window and kind of just assess where this team is. Um, did they overperform? Did they underperform? Were they a flash in the pan? Uh, You know, are they just, I just want to tackle every facet of it and kind of gauge um, what I think about this lineup. And as we prepare to close out the month and move into next year, or excuse me, close out the year and move into 2020, um, you know, is this lineup going to stay together? Will they be able to find success together? Should they look elsewhere? These are just things we're going to tackle. Um, I like looking... At Counter-Strike teams in three to six-month intervals. I think for a new team, three months is a good time to assess everything. Um, and then for month four through six, that's when you kind of go off of those assessments and try and figure out if you can fix some of those things. And then by month six, maybe it's time to sever ties or whatever. And obviously, Avangar isn't uh, a new lineup in terms of its core. But uh, we are three months removed from the cinderella run at the berlin major and um, i think it's time to see what kind of version we get from avangar versus what we get out of the major so i guess we'll just jump right into it so through the last three months avangar have been to five lands um, we have the berlin major they got second blast moscow which they won dreamhack rotterdam third and fourth place Star Series Season 8, this is their worst performance, 9th uh, through 12th placing, and then most recently the CSGO Asia Championships, where they placed 5th fifth, fifth through 6th. Admittedly, they had uh, passport issues, visa issues with Sanji, they played against mouse sports with Mo, um, and I believe VG. Yes, it was VG. Um, so collectively through these five lands, they've got a first, a second, a third and fourth, the fifth and sixth and a ninth and twelfth. Uh, progressively getting worse as we get closer to present time. Um, so the as as Avangard's getting more reps, they're progressively uh, getting worse just based off the, the the results. And so to get a better idea of um, what's causing that, we're you know you you jump into the individual statistics and, Through these uh, three months, if you uh, filter um, 20 maps at LAN through three months, um, through my filtration process, I ended up with 94 qualifying players. And uh, just taking a look at some of these numbers, it's very obvious to me. uh, Obviously, the eye test can prove it, but it's very obvious that the Avangar uh, production is very top-heavy. Uh, With Jame sitting at the top, Uh, through the last three months, he's sitting at a 116, which if you need an idea of um, how good that is, that is currently tied for seventh through that window of time with ROPS and Electronic, so pretty damn good. Um, He's top 15 in opening uh, kills per round. His opening numbers are currently on par with Simple. Tied with Simple for third in success rate uh, while opening for the team, Uh, seventh in rating while opening for the team. Now, obviously, Simple is not his best version at the moment, but if the current version of Jame is sitting at production wise, a lesser product, a less productive version of Simple or like a Simple Light then I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because being a miniature version of the best player arguably in the world is certainly a compliment. And when I'm calling Jame a simple light, uh, what, I'm, what I'm referring to him as is a strong early round aggressive auper uh, with extremely high potential to get that entry frag, um, but then even more than that. Uh, his opening success rate through this three month I I mentioned tied for third was simple Uh, 65.3% he is successful out of almost 20% of the time he's attempting it so one out of every five rounds he's going in he's getting and he's attempting to get an entry frag Um, and then two out of every three that he goes in there he is getting that frag based on those numbers so Um, He has a high uh, ceiling in terms of his output in early round when he has a favorable spawn or if, um, you know, Kikert maybe has some kind of setup for him. And with the the mechanical skill that Jame has, uh, again, the simple light, he has that ability to not only get that entry frag, but then when it's time for the uh, opposition to react and try and get that trade, he is good enough to get a second or a third. And that's the kind of uh, mechanical ability that can really put you in a position to take over a server when you combine it with, uh, you know, uh opping ability, the, uh, the aggressive mentality to want to go get that pick. It's just combining all of it makes for uh, a very, very impactful weapon um, being Jame, not the op. The weapon is Jame. Uh, and then when we look at the leaderboards in the past three months, Jame is second in op frags per round. He's third, like I mentioned, in open success. He's fourth in deaths per round. I know the 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 Jame time meme is alive and well, uh, but you know fourth in deaths per round. Uh, It was given the meme, it was actually kind of shocking that he wasn't first. I really just would have gone to my head. I would have guessed he'd be first just because of the meme, but. Uh, Kea Sriracha, Katie, and Henny are in front of him, which is interesting. Um, but, I mean, he's such an efficient auper, and you know, his, big, his big blemish might be his middle to late round uh, aggression. He's not very aggressive when they're down a man, when they're down two men, let's say. Again, the Jame time meme. Uh, but all all in all, Jame is a bona fide stud, and uh, if nothing else... Through this three-month stint, he's performing at the level of Rops and Electronic, who last year Rops was um, just out, just inside of the top 20. Excuse me, I think it was like 16, 17. I can't remember off the top of my head, actually. Uh, but Electronic was definitely top five. So this current version of James is is a stud, um, and we'll just have to see three months from now where he's at. And you know, three months from now he'll probably be in the same position. Uh, nobody's disputing James' ability. So, the number two guy on, on the list being Buster, he certainly is a strong number two option. Kind of blew me away when looking back at the Berlin Major. Coming off of the first uh, stage, he underperformed. And I remember I was on the Rush B podcast and I said that I basically said Avengar was DOA strictly because I didn't think Buster. Who was already underperforming would play against better competition and play better, which I was very wrong about. He seems to perform better as the competition gets better. And, uh, you know, Buster is definitely a good number two option behind Jame. Uh, he is good. His numbers are good. They're pretty, that's for sure. Um, he is a good like support rifler is a utility rifler. Those are the two terms I like to give them. Uh, I don't like straight out calling someone a support because when you call someone a support, there's that, that, uh, that connotation that they're kind of doing the bitch role and all that stuff, which like, yes, that's what I'm implying, but there's just so much more than that. Um, there's just a lot more to it than just throwing the flashes and even the most supportive of supports, they still need to be able to rifle. Um, and Buster is very good in this utility rifling role. Uh, he doesn't make many mistakes. He, he's just like a, a very well-rounded player. Um, he He's one of those guys, he, he has the intangibles down really well. So that in part makes his team better. It's not necessarily, yes, like I said, he does have pretty stats, but he also does the stuff that you don't see on the stat sheet. Uh, He's a very fun player to watch. He's a player you can learn a lot from, too, just by watching him. Um, Last three months, he's been nearly a top 20 player uh, in rating, which is nice to see. His production numbers, this was shocking to me, his production numbers were on par with uh, specifically Kirby and Zipniks, which is a fascinating measurement because Kirby in an isolated incident at any time, I will call him, uh, like a superstar. And it's just interesting in that regard. Uh, but you know, it's Buster is an efficient player and I'm giving him all these praise and I do enjoy watching him for sure. But I just, I don't know when it's round 28 it's like 14, 14 and you need that like knockout punch I'm just, I don't, I'm not convinced that Buster is that guy. Now, obviously, Jame's there for that, but you need another one, right? Like, you can't just, you can't, you can't just look at James to do it every single time. And at this point in time, I just don't think Buster can do that part of the game. He can do just about everything else, but he can't punch it home, uh, which is something that I think the team lacks very much so outside of James. So, Buster is a a pretty strong, let's say solid to strong number two option. And then, right after Jamin Buster, you have Kikert, who is the in game leader and basically the number three uh, option in terms of production. I don't have much to say about him. He's a good in game leader. I enjoy him. Um, I mean, I'm not like fascinated by his game, but I think he does a good job uh managing uh, this core of Jane Buster and himself. Uh these three are the the centerpieces for the Avangar lineup and in my opinion should should continue to be until basically Avangar doesn't have a lineup. Um I just pretty much in every facet, Jane Buster and Kikert on an Avengard lineup for me. So it's I don't I, I don't have a lot of insight as far as Kikert is concerned, I just I think he's a good in-game leader. And um he just he just does a lot of things right. So uh after these three guys, that's when the good goes away. Uh, we have the two other pieces, which is Sanji and Adren, and this is when the re this is why you have Jame and Buster, especially Jim, kind of shouldering that weight, and with Sanji, I'll start with Sanji. He is okay. So when he joined uh, Avangar from Simon, he it seemed like he actually had a pretty uh, comfortable spot in the lineup. At Berlin, he came alive using the smgs and a lot of these gimmick plays and he was impressing a lot of people with his ability to use uh, weapons that you know people aren't traditionally using like he was getting high impact with the mac 10 and the mp7 and the mp9 and obviously people are doing these things but to just come from out of nowhere show up go to a major with minimal experience and start wrecking kids with these it's these guns it's it's just it takes people back right And it gets you excited, but after the three-month window, Sanji's sitting at uh, 81st out of 94 qualifying players in rating at uh, a .94 as well. So he's 80. So he's 81st out of 94 with a .94. Out of the 35 games that all five members played together, um, he was positive or not in the red for 11 of them so he was in the red he was below a 1.0 rating for 24 of the matches that he has played in in the last 90 days 24 out of 35 Um, I would wholeheartedly agree that his best event was the major and that was more than likely a product of a honeymoon period as I mentioned earlier, he was using odd weapons, which suggests he's a gimmick player. And I mean that can't—it can be a good thing sometimes. It's good to have gimmicks, but it's not great to always be a gimmick player. And when your Mac Ten and MP9 frags account for eighteen point five seven of your of your frags in three months, it's not a good look. We're talking almost one fifth of these kills uh, are sprint you know you're sprinting down whether it be mid or you know you're going down banana on inferno or whatever whichever way you're going you're just sprinting down with whatever smg you can and these kills are likely and are you know they're likely ecos uh again these gimmick buys where you have a really good uh spawn and you're low on money and you're like ah fuck it we'll just let's 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 buy this MP9, have a really good spawn, let's get a pot flesh and I'll see if I can't get it. You know, just shit, just things like that. Um, and that's, there's nothing wrong with those things, but you can't be dependent on them. And when you have a .94 and you only had one event of the five where you managed to be at a 1.0 at least, which just means you're maintaining, like being as productive as the most average player. And that's your first event. And, like, that's not. Uh, like, I just. I, none of this adds up. Um, when. In the games where Avangar is playing top five opponents, which is two, three, five, nine games, it looks like. Out of these nine games, two against Ents, one against Navi, two against Astralis, three against Vitality, and one against Liquid, uh, Sanji had 27% with the with mp9 and mac10 so like we're talking over a fourth of these frags against these against top five opponents he's getting these gimmick kills and he's getting these he's he's very much relying on ecos and it that's if you're not gonna be able to mechanically keep up with these guys then you need to do other things the intangible stuff to get your team better but he doesn't do that either so they need to harness his talent and whatever it is that got him onto this lineup in the first place they need to exploit that and hammer that home and make him 10 times better than what he is right now in that regard so if they're like hey we really like that he can just do a certain thing right make him the best at that because right now the current version of Sanji is pretty bad Fortunately, though, for Sanji, he is somehow not the worst player on this Avantgarde lineup. That title belongs to Adren, who is two spots removed from being the worst rated player out of the 94 qualifying players in this list, only above Letney of Crazy and Kerrigan of Mouseports. Sports. Kerrigan, obviously, is nobody's going to dispute his production on a team. Uh, Adren. Does not fill the same roles as a Kerrigan does. Let me completely different conversation, but currently a uh, Dren is pretty much non-existent in terms of production. Um, like Sanji, he was almost entirely in the red when it comes to his three-month stint. Uh, only fourteen of the thirty-seven games he played were uh, not in red. Uh, his KPR is bottom floor. where he's almost barely hitting one frag every other round and this is a region filled to the brim with talent Uh, the CIS region has talent everywhere there are like 25 teams in the uh, on the HLTV leaderboards specifically under the CIS region so it's just it's hard for me to rationalize having uh, somebody who's performing at this level on the roster And now, the thing is, when it comes to, okay, maybe getting a little hasty with the the lineup, that's fine. If you want to make excuses for Adren because he brings a veteran presence and he's a glue guy, then that's totally fine. If you want to say Sanji brings cohesion to the team and his unpredictable gameplay adds dynamic uh, tactics and he brings dynamic ideas to the team in and out of the server, then okay, that's fine. Uh, But the current reality is... That the team is, it, they're living and dying on the prospects of mostly two individuals. That being like 80% Jame, uh, like 19% Buster, and then I guess like 1% Kieker. So I guess three individuals. You can excuse inefficient performances in the server um, in terms of intangibles for just about only one one guy. So like if you're going to leave one guy on the team... And, you know, okay, his performances, like, on paper, his statistics aren't very good. But it's because he brings the intangibles. He brings the stuff out of the server and into the server that you, as a fan or as a viewer, somebody who is not specifically working with them 40 to 60 hours a week, you won't know. Okay, fine. That's all right. Sanji does that. Maybe Adren does that. But you can't have two. You can't have two players that are bottom 10 bottom 15 in performance every single event and expect to consistently compete at the top level. Eventually what's going to happen is people are going to catch up and you will not get invites and then eventually you will stop qualifying and then I mean it like it happens all the time. And again I'm going to hammer this home the CIS region is filled to the brim with talent and the fact that the this trio for, got two years at least, the fact that they've been able to stay afloat and they've just continued to come back, whether they have Dimasik or Krizin or Fitch or Nowadren and, so- like, whoever they have, uh, they have shown the ability to get here. And there's nothing wrong with continuing to cycle your fourth and fifth options until you can get another. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but the reality is i don't think that this five will do any better than what they did at the berlin major i don't think we'll ever see a higher showing than that obviously winning blast is technically you know getting the first place is better than second place but like against the higher competition and the context and everything i just think that was the best version of avangar we will see and um obviously with ecs coming up tomorrow and then epicenter before the year ends we're gonna have a better idea of what version of this what what the true avant lineup is by the end of this i think i already have a good idea um and i don't think this team is done i don't think this team will win anymore like i don't think they will consistently win trophies with these five and i just think they need one more like a knockout guy one really strong rifler uh, to finish the job, you know, to get them over that hump. And when you're looking at those players, I think you don't have to look far. You can look far. You can look really far. There's about 25, 26 teams in the CIS region that are on the HLTV rankings, as I mentioned. But I don't think you necessarily have to look far. I think you can look a little further down and look at the little win-strike roster, uh, they're obviously, um, they've shown willingness to move pieces with boom, bitch gone now. And, um, Norbert, that's the other one I was trying to think of. They've moved, they've moved Norbert. Uh, and then now that, you know, they have world at it and waylander. So they've moved pieces around. They, they have no, it doesn't look like they have any issues with that. And, uh, they have a guy on their lineup. His name's a lion. I believe it's how you pronounce it. I'm just assuming the one is an I. Uh, he's far and away their best player. He's only twenty years old. Uh, he has crazy impact for the team. Number one performer. Uh, he's pretty pretty consistently their entry guy. He's the one that's popping it open for the team. Uh, that's what you you'll see with these lower tiers of of play. Maybe not tier like whatever this tier is. Actually, probably at this level and. Uh, even more so below. If you have a player that is just better, he can really take off in that regard. And um, while a lion has been on wind strike, uh, he's he's attempting about twenty four percent of the rounds in terms of trying to get the opening frag, and he's and he's succeeding at about a sixty percent rate. Which you know, if if you weren't listening earlier, that's about Jame. You know, a little bit higher uh, attempt percentage than Jame, but about the same success rate. And this is a rifler uh this is a young guy you can take a risk on I'm sure he's pretty low in terms of price actually I don't know I don't even know why I said that I have no idea but you know if not him then you could look deeper in the win strike roster Krizin is also one win strike I don't know necessarily if um the relationship is strained or anything like that because I believe he got ill or injured something along those lines which is what caused him being removed from the Avangar lineup, but he never came back. So I don't know necessarily what happened, maybe because of the timing of their newfound success and then uh, his recovery table and everything. It just didn't work out, right? I I missed that information, it looks like. Um, Cristen is not necessarily an impact fragger by any means, but he is a supportive rifler. Uh, He did a very good job for Avangar when he was on the team for them, and they had a pretty good record. Uh, when he was on that team it, their fifth was some. it was Fitch but nonetheless and then if you're moving away from the win guys maybe you don't want either one of those guys you know you can look at uh, Gambit Youngsters uh, you can look at Exile he was a, a solid talent for Gambit at the time they had him and then when he got dropped down to the academy team at Gambit Youngsters he's looked consistently good for them a strong number two rifler behind Shiro, who has been a freak, an absolute lights-out opera. If Jame wasn't on the team, then, you know, I've been, like, that's the perfect next step up. If Jame was just non-existent in history, then Shiro is that guy. He's absolutely amazing. Um, they have their own little mini-Avangar situation right now with um, Shiro and Exile. So I, I have no idea what kind of operation gambits running from what I've been what from what I've heard you know gambits pretty tight-knit uh kind of lip-locked in terms of their news you don't really hear that stuff move much but I'd like to see you know maybe them reach out to gambit youngsters and I'm I doubt gambit youngsters would want to get rid of him just because of the situation with their main roster but money does talk so uh, that's always um An important factor, you know, a young guy like that, you maybe overpay for him and then you get him. Right. And then while we're on the topic of money talks uh, somewhere, somewhere in some multiverse, many dimensions down, um, somebody is from Avangar is calling Team Spirit and is requesting uh, Chopper Mir or SDY because, oh, my God. If you could somehow manage that, that would just be a dream come true. For me personally, like obviously I would be okay with any of... If I woke up tomorrow and read that any of those two names out of those three went to Avangar... Or even one, I would be very happy. But in a hypothetical, in just this perfect scenario where Avangar end up with Jame, Kicker, Buster... SDY and Chopper that would be an unreal lineup. Now I know Mir is a very heavy impact rifler and he kind of gets a bad rap because of his performance at Gambit, but like that was a sinking ship anyway. Um I I would still be okay with him on the team, but man, James SDY Buster Chopper and Keycrit would be fucking unreal. I would be so excited for that lineup. Uh but you know those are just some names. Um, and you know maybe it's maybe it's deeper. Maybe you go deeper than that. you you could go very much elsewhere there's so many possibilities. Again, I'm not saying right now you do it. I, I am saying I don't believe in the lineup. i I truly don't, but um, I, they could come back and they could play as well as they did at Blast Moscow and at the Berlin major, and I could be entirely wrong, and all of the naysayers that think they should disband could be entirely wrong. Um, and then everything that I've said in the last 28, 29 minutes has been for nothing, but that's not what I'm assuming. I'm assuming that they're going to go to ECS. They're going to play EG. They're going to start 0-1. one. They're going to fall into a rut. They're not going to perform well at ECS. And then with the last event of the year being epicenter, you know, after the way things have gone, I could just see this lineup being kind of checked out and finding their way towards looking into 2020, but Again, they could perform well at ECS, get a good first, second, third place show. I mean, if they won the event, then jeez. But, you know, they could get a, something that makes them feel positive about the event. And then same thing with Epicenter, and then they just run with this lineup. Or maybe they have no intention of changing anything. Again, these are all just hypotheticals. Um, but me, personally, with how deep the CIS region is, there's like 25, 30 teams in the rankings if you're not going to go to Windstrike or Gambit Youngsters or Spirit, then you go deeper. It's just, it's hard for me to rationalize having Sanji and Adren in this lineup after we've gotten the amount of, the sample size that we have gotten in the production that we have gotten. And then one final thing I wanted to just touch up on, regardless of what Avangard does decide to do, if they hypothetically decide to shift some pieces around or keep... Uh, the lineup the same, they've got to work on their map pool. Um, I just – I cannot co-sign Dust2 being a, a, a constant first pick for any team. It's just – it's it's bad news. Um, they keep doing it, and they're not particularly good at it. Um, they'll probably pick it against EG again. Like, they'll just – I don't get it. They just – um they, they want to play Dust, but they had – good success with mirage um even though they weren't picking it they they beat everybody they, they beat vitality renegades mibr and furia on it um but they never play mirage they've only played it four times um they they've had periods where they've looked really good on overpass but they never play overpass um once cash gets back in the map pool that'll be really good for them but then again, if Mirage or Dust 2 go out, then it's like, well, who knows? But then if Vertigo goes out, then all of a sudden you have an avant garde team that they like to play Dust 2. They're good on Mirage. They really like cash. And then if they get overpassed under their belt, then they have a, a decent map pool. But yeah, for a team that's trying to compete at like the 5 through 12 ranking, I'll give them. They need a better map pool, no matter who's on their team. That is probably my one slight towards Kikert that I will throw. Uh, in-game leader, get get a better map pool. I suppose the coach too. But either way, I'm not going to dwell on it, and I don't suppose you should either. We're going to close out this uh, episode of the Crash Peak Podcast. Um, I don't have a clever outro this time around. Basically, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for the continuing support. Uh, we're next week will be our tenth episode. We're going on, uh, basically two months. Go, we'll be hitting uh, two and a half. Man, my math is all messed up. Either way, it's been we're going on three months. Event at some point we'll hit three months. So, either way, guys, I love doing the audio content, and I'm so appreciative of you guys listening consistently. For those of you that are listening consistently, or just those of you that are tuning in for the first time, thank you so much. And um, if you're celebrating Thanksgiving tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving. And if not, then not happy Thanksgiving. And for everybody, I will see you all next Wednesday. So thank you. Press control to crouch. The Crouch Peak Podcast.